It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is Tuesday, June 26th. 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. At that time, I don't know where it's going, Bill, but it's, it's disappearing again. Another year is almost up. <laughs> Joining it's me today, as always, back. my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy, Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Appreciate that, Bill. Now, Bill always comes up with some good news articles, and and today um, we have he have a couple that we'd like to get some more information on. It's the VA backs off on a, on a suicide study. What is meant by that? What is meant by that, Bill? Well, Gary, you know we we we've always had some reason to question the numbers mm-hmm. from the uh, the beginning uh, with the report that the VA did back in two thousand and twelve. No, knowing that uh, only 21 of the uh, 50 states reported and, you know, how solid those figures uh, were. So now, uh, you know, studies have come up again. So the VA is backing off a study that indicates thousands of unreported military deaths. So uh, the, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs officials are walking back now a new study uh, we're involving stu- suicides, which appeared to show thousands of unreported military deaths in recent years, saying differences among classifications of service members led to the confusion in the statistics. So at issue, Gary, is an update uh, uh, last week uh, uh, in a study uh, that the VA uh, was reviewing the National Suicide Data Report. Now, a massive collaboration between the Defense Department, defense researchers, and census analysts, which has found that roughly 20 veterans a day take their own lives. That figure uh, has been steady from 2008 until 2015. The latest year data is available. But for the first time, Gary, this uh, year's update uh, to the report breaks down those figures into veterans receiving VA health care. About six individuals a day have committed suicide, the report says. Veterans not using the department's health services, 11 a day, and a group uh, including active duty troops Guardsmen and the reservists for a day. So this is a bifurcated uh, breakdown of these deaths, and uh, uh, those numbers uh, certainly would uh, 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 come into contention as to whether or not how solid they are. Uh, you know, most importantly, uh, we're concerned about those numbers, but uh, we want all of our folks who are out in the veterans community that uh, to uh, understand that veteran suicide uh, prevention awareness 
to be uh, on uh, on guard for that every day and to be able to call in if you think that you are in harm's way. Yeah. I'd like to find out exactly what, you know, how many are um, committing suicide every day. Um, that, that 21 has been riding us for at least six years. I know that um, since we started actually six years ago. Uh, that was based on 21 a day. But again, that was 21 states reporting, 20, you know, 22, yeah. 22 a day. Okay. And as you know, the most popular states in the country, such as California, Florida, and Texas, just to begin mm-hmm. with, those states did not participate in providing information in that report uh, going back to 2012. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that, Bill. Now, you also have some uh, news about the blue water benefits. What's going on with that? Well, well, this is a, the House has approved uh, uh, some benefits for the blue water Navy veterans. Now, specifically, these are Vietnam veterans who served during the Vietnam era aboard Navy ships uh, off the coast of Vietnam, primarily in the South China Sea. Uh, so what has happened, the House unanimously uh, on Monday uh, passed legislation that would extend Department of Veterans Affairs benefits to approximately 90,000 sailors who served off the coast during the Vietnam War, some of whom have been fighting for years for illnesses that were caused by exposure to Agent Orange. So uh, it, this was unanimous. 382 uh, to uh, zero uh, that uh, uh, approved this. So, as you know, now the next step for this is to uh, uh, come before the Senate, and hopefully uh, after that, if it's uh, approved there, uh, the the, the president will sign this. But this is uh, so important because those individuals were exposed uh, uh, to uh, the uh, Agent Orange and other kinds of toxins. For an example, uh, those that were aboard aircraft carriers, cruisers, destroyers, and other ships who contend that they were exposed to Agent Orange through the ship's water systems. These dioxin-laden herbicides has been found to cause respiratory cancers, Parkinson's disease, and heart disease, as well as other conditions. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's been almost 50 years now uh, that the uh, war is over, and uh, we still got that category of Vietnam veterans that have been left uh, uh, virtually not, 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 not covered. Thousands more. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. All right, Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest today. And Gary, it is indeed an honor to welcome our guest today, Tanya Ang and Tyson Manka. Uh, ladies first with Tanya. She is the Policy and Outreach Director with Veterans Education Success, a national nonprofit veteran service organization based in Washington, D.C., that works to strengthen and improve education benefits for veterans, service members, and their families. With more than 17 years of experience in higher education, Tanya previously worked as the director at the Service Members 
opportunity at the American Association of State Colleges and Universities and as a director of veterans programs at the American Council on Education. Prior to Tanya's work with uh, veterans education success, Tanya also served as a member of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Veterans Advisory Committee on Education. Tanya played a critical role in last year's passage of the new Forever GI Bill. You remember that, Gary? Oh, yes. Which she helped to secure improved educational benefits for the veterans and military-connected students of tomorrow. And we also have Tyson Manka. Tyson is a licensed attorney and veterans advocate, also with Veterans Education Success. Prior to his work for veterans and military families, Tyson is a combat veteran who served in the United States Marine Corps Infantry as an 81-millimeter mortarman with the 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines, based in 29 Palms, California. And his unit helped to lead the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Since then, veterans and service members, including, uh, excuse me, since then, Tyson has remained an outspoken advocate on a number of issues that are important to veterans and service members, including veterans' treatment courts for veterans trapped in the criminal justice system, for improvements to the discharge and discharge upgrade process, and to elevate the voices of veterans by meeting with members of Congress to improve the lives of military men and women when they transition into civilian careers. Tanya and Tyson, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome. Thank you. We're really excited to be here. All right. Yeah, thanks well, Tanya, for the introduction. It's great to be here. All right. Well, Tanya, tell us a little bit about the uh, Veterans Education Success Organization and what you do. VES, we, we work to support um, the integrity of GI Bill benefits and other military education benefits, such as tuition assistance, to ensure strong return on investment for taxpayer money, as well as uh, ensuring military-connected students are able to get access to the best education for them, high-quality education that will lead to long-term um, career goals. All right. We also... We also work to empower, uh, sorry, one more thought. We also work to empower and enable the voices of military-connected students to share their stories while uh, with representatives on the Hill and other policymakers because we strongly believe that, that hearing directly from the students um, about what's working, what's not working, and other ways that, that we as, as key stakeholders can ensure access to high-quality education is, is imperative to this whole process of, of developing and implementing policy throughout the country. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out 
on what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tanya and Tyson, with the Veterans Education Success Organization. And Bill? Well, Tanya and uh, Tyson, uh, you know, one of my beliefs is that the greatest void in the veterans community is a lack of information, how to navigate the system, and just how to move around. And uh, because of that lack of information, uh, many of our men and women who've served this great country, uh, you know, they get uh, caught up in situations that... uh, are not so good as they're trying to uh, get benefits. So give our listening audience uh, uh, an idea of what the uh, Veterans Education Success is all about and some of the great things that you're doing. Sure, thanks again. Uh, You know, we're here to help veterans uh, and student veterans and other military-connected students and their families. And historically, uh, ever since... The first GI Bill law was passed around the time of World War II and on. At the end of every uh, conflict, when we have a return of service members who are coming home to use their educational benefits and their VA benefits, there's been a surge along with that of what has historically been known 
as a fly-by-night school. Uh, now, uh, with the Iraq and Afghanistan and global war on terror, uh, we're seeing a resurgence of this type of behavior from uh, for-profit institutions and other bad actor schools. Veterans Education Success was founded as a veteran service organization within the last 10 years. Uh, our founder and president, Terry Wofford, served as counsel with the Health Education Labor Pension Committee when T- Senator Tom Harkin was the chair. And the committee uncovered an investigation, all kinds of troubling practices uh, that were used by for-profit colleges specifically. And what we found was that basically these companies are seeing veterans as walking dollar signs. Their only concern is to collect the federal education benefit, the money, and then once the veteran gets into the class, the quality of education, the promises about post-graduation employment assistance, so forth and so on, these promises end up not to be true. And so over the last several years, one of VES's primary missions has been to assist and support service members and veterans who have been defrauded and to help them either reduce their loans, eliminate their loans, and in some cases where there is a school closure, uh, have a complete restoration of GI Bill benefits. For example, uh, there's a, there was a school called ITT Technical Institute that a couple of years ago shut down with tens of thousands of students actively enrolled, many of them veterans. So what the civilian population uh, is not exposed to is the fact that you've got a veteran who earned their GI Bill, they came back, enrolled in a school, and because of the bad business decisions of that school, uh, it shuttered its doors. Now, where does that leave the veteran? High and dry. So we take action to assist those veterans. Uh, and Tanya can certainly talk more about, uh, we also work with uh, just the regular student veteran and military-connected population to ensure, again, the, the strength of the GI Bill moving forward. And as you mentioned, uh, Gary, uh, she played a pivotal role in the passage of the Harry Comrie Forever GI Bill last year. Uh, so if it is a issue that is important to veterans, their families, and service members, and it has to do with education benefits, we are here to help whether it's they're in a tough spot or if they just need good information to make decisions. We are a comprehensive VSO that focuses on that specific mission. Where would they get the help? And as far as is this, this is going on throughout the country, though, right? It is, and and so we are a national organization. We have provided support for uh, potential students, and then uh, students who are have been impacted by bad actor schools. Um, to you know, all over the country, they're able to email us. We can uh, give our uh, contact information, um, or they can call us. And what we've been able to do is. 
either, like as Tyson talked about, do some casework where we help them if they've been impacted by bad actor schools, such as ITT Tech, where they went and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're there and they show up the next day and the school's closed. Um, we work with them to fill out the appropriate paperwork and get them submitted into um, VA so that they can get their their GI Bill benefits for that time at ITT um, back. We had one student who I was with the day that he got the message from VA saying that his benefits were reinstated, and we then worked with him to help him find a school that was going to better meet his long-term career goals. A lot of times, navigating higher education is, is challenging and, and can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, and, and you oftentimes assume that if a school is eligible to receive either Title IV funds, such as uh, federal student loans or the Pell Grant, or they're eligible to receive GI Bill benefits or tuition assistance, then the school must be a good school. And unfortunately, not all schools are created equally, and, and not all schools are are going to lead to those long-term, not all schools are even accredited in specific areas. Um, we know a number of law schools that, that in California in particular that I'm thinking of, that they're not, necess- not necessarily eligible to sit for the bar because the school doesn't have the right accreditation to allow for that in, in that state. Um, and so what we try to do is, is we work with them on, on looking for some key components, such as, is the school accredited? Is it regionally or nationally accredited? Regional accreditation is pretty much the gold standard when it comes to higher education. And if a school um, is regionally accredited, then more often than not, those credits can transfer to almost any other school. Additionally, you know, is it accredited in that specific field you would want to go to, whether it's, it's becoming an attorney or it's, it's working in engineering or, you know, all the different uh, teaching, whatever it might be, it's, it's kind of asking some of those questions up front. And, and things such as like the GI Bill was created so that students who get 100% of their GI Bill benefits are actually able to go to a state school and their entire tuition will be covered with their GI Bill benefits, which will keep them from having to take out loans from other schools or loans from, you know, the, the Department of Education. And so we do a lot of, of work, um, like we said, on the casework side, but then we also do a lot of trying to help educate students prior to enrollment to, to help them get the best thing for their buck. It sounds like you might have a, uh, have your hands on a worksheet if someone is interested in, in um, uh, moving ahead and getting it, taking the GI Bill. And um, uh, on, your, on your website, is that, is that something that uh, they can sort of make a copy of and ask those proper questions to the organization? We do have, I'm actually in the process right now as we speak of writing out um, some of this information. We do have on our website, uh, it's veteranseducationsuccess.org. Um, and we're actually in the process right now of, of renovating and upgrading our website. But, but you can go to veteranseducationsuccess.org. And on there is a list of 10 things um, to keep in mind when looking for a school. And I'm also actually writing an entire new kind of a check sheet that students can use when they're getting ready to apply to school that they can take it and go through the list um, as far as what to look for and what questions to ask and, and what to consider when, when going to a school. And that should be done within the next two weeks. That's great. Bill? 
Well, Tanya and uh, Tyson, it appears, as uh, long as I can recall, active duty military personnel and veterans when they come to home and community has always been a target for something that's negative to uh, take things away from them. And I think your website is uh, to be commended with all the uh, comprehensive areas that you've, uh, you've covered. Uh, but more in particular with the education and now uh, with uh, technology and uh, some of these bad acting uh, uh, participants in the educational end, give us uh, an example of, of some of the, uh, uh, the traps that uh, like an online uh, provider uh, could, uh, uh, could create a situation for a veteran. And, and Tyson, I think before... There was one particular school that you uh, spoke of, uh, as far as the uh, the semesters were concerned. Give our listening audience uh, uh, for what that situation is all about. Absolutely. So, you know, to any service member, veteran, or family member that is considering using their earned educational benefit to further their career, to land a solid, good-paying job, or perhaps be an entrepreneur, they really are going to be benefited from doing their homework and considering things that have to do with making sure that their career is possible. Now, what we have seen, things that I was not exposed to as a Marine at 29 Palms, California base, uh, there are you know, guard units and reserve units across the country where we've seen this troubling trend of certain institutions that are for-profit generally. And that's, you know, if it's a for-profit company, the bottom line is the bottom line, not, hey, we want to make sure that you get a good education. We have seen uh, uh, these institutions have been granted base access. So if there's a job fair, there's going to be a table with certain schools that are going to be telling the veterans and the service members, hey, you're about to come up on your educational benefits, come to our school, and you're going to be able to graduate in a fraction of the time. And oh, by the way, you're going to get more BAH housing allowance if you come to our institution. Um, these are, you know, they're things that are, um, you know, they sound good to someone who's serving, because if you can get done with your training in a shorter period of time, that's working smarter, not harder. And every service member I know likes to work smarter and not harder, uh, even though we joked about the opposite in the Marine Corps infantry. Um, so it sounds good, but then what the in individuals find out is they are oftentimes, you know, it's borderline harassment when they sign up for information then from one of these institutions, and they are called repeatedly and repeatedly. Uh, we've heard from a number of students who, when they sit down with their recruiter, they sign basically a little digital box on the desk, which they don't, they're not actually signing a document. It's like signing for something uh, at the store when you pay with a credit card. So their signature is then on file, We've seen these institutions then enroll students without their knowledge, thinking that they were going to be uh, having a seat held for them as opposed to actually enrolling. We've seen veterans told that they 
need to sign up for federal student loan aid through the FAFSA form as a part of the GI Bill process. And when the student veteran does that, what they find out is that no, that's not, assist, that's not part of the system. They've actually been scammed, and now they have forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of student loan debt, where, as Tanya mentioned, the whole point of the GI Bill benefit is to enable a veteran to come home, go to school, start a career, and do so without incurring any debt. Uh, and what we've seen is the institutions don't really care about the students' debt. They care about getting the money. Uh, then the other issues as far as promises about the transferring of credits. A school will say, yeah, all of our credits will transfer. And then when the veteran attempts to transfer to another school, uh, let's say a state university, those credits are not accepted. It's laughed at, right? We are, we're not going to take that for-profit institution's credits. Uh, a lot of these uh, companies also promise, hey, look at this list of industry partners that we work with. Wouldn't you love to go work with Boeing or Raytheon or AT&T? We are going to help you find a job when you graduate. And time and time again, that has amounted to nothing. The most that I've ever heard from a student veteran who I've spoken with hundreds now at this point is the school will offer a resume review, and that is it. So they send in their resume. It may get tweaked a little bit, but the student veteran was promised that, hey, we work with industry professionals, and we will make sure that you have a job when you get done, and that is simply not true. So the comprehensive picture is you have a lot of promises that are made to students and veterans, and they simply do not pan out, and that's unacceptable. Definitely. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. You're here with our guests, Tanya and Tyson, with the Veterans Education Success Organization. Tanya, could you tell us, um, uh, do you, can you share a story with us, with our listeners, about you know, how, how, these, how these organizations take advantage? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the best examples is the recent closure of ITT Technical Institute. We had, uh, you know, a number of service members and veterans who went there. And one of the things I oftentimes hear from service members and veterans is that they don't think that they're academic material. They just want to get the certificate so that they can get through um, and, and go on and get their job. And then they find out afterwards that that certificate wasn't wasn't what it was promised to be or um they you know they go to the it they went to it tech thinking that that would lead them to to something um better and the myth about not being like college material uh a lot of times our brains don't develop fully until we're 25 and and so what may have been struggles in high school and elementary school what you find with adult learners across the board is when they go back to school they actually do really well and student veterans of america just recently did a a report that came out that talks about the fact that military connected students as a whole do just as well if not better than their than their peers in in college they do really really well their overall gpa is around a 3.5 3.62 i believe which is which is pretty high. Um, we had a student of ours who had gone to ITT Tech, and he was—he really wanted to do, um, do IT. He wanted to major in, in cybersecurity, and and his his job was focused on on the whole cybersecurity piece. And so he showed up to school, and as he was taking classes, um, it was again the kind of what Tyson had touched on earlier, where they were consistently pursuing him. One of the things we hear is, is that they want to get the student to sign up on the spot right then and there. And, and, and so he did. He signed up on the spot right then and there instead of giving it some cooling off and doing a little bit more research and digging. And so he went to his class and he showed up at class and he started to get leery because the information that the, that the professor was teaching seemed to be outdated to him. Fortunately, he had been already working in the field, and so he was kind of able to compare it. And he asked the professor about it, and the professor was an English professor and not had never done anything in IT. So he wasn't even able to really truly speak on behalf of you know, he was he was not a subject matter expert. And so he then took the material he was given in class, and it was a bunch of CDs and stuff like that, and he sent it to a friend of his who looked through it and said that the information was about five or six years outdated. Oh, um, and and that's, that's very common when you're talking to students at some of these more predatory schools and, and, and kind of like the fly-by-night schools, as they talk about. They're, they're more focused on bringing in the money and less on the academic quality of the program. Um, and so he, he was really frustrated, and he decided he wanted to leave. And then shortly thereafter, he found out that ITT had, you know, they had shut down because they had been in trouble by both their accreditor 
and by the Department of Ed, they had been put on um, limited ability to get uh, federal funding, which ultimately was what closed them down. So his story ended happy because it was right around that. It was, you know, 2016 was when that happened. Forever GI Bill passed in 2017. And Congressman Messer and, and Congressman DeCano really fought hard to get um, this provision in Forever GI Bill that was able to give back um, to what, you know, the GI Bill to those who had attended both Corinthian schools, which had closed a, a couple years prior to that, and ITT schools. And so he was able to get that money. And now he's he's pursuing an AA degree and ultimately going to be getting a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity and, and which is um, already helping him with his career field. All right. All right. And Bill? Well, Tanya, uh, uh, staying right in that lane, uh, and you were involved in the the uh, development and passage of the new Forever GI Bill. Give a listening audience some of the key elements of that, which makes this uh, 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 bill an improvement of over what we've had in the past. So, I, th- I think there's a number of, of different components. The one that's going to impact the most the largest number of people is the fact that they've removed the delimiting date for usage of your GI Bill benefits. So anyone who gets out, who got out of the military, I believe it was after 2013, they have no delimiting date um, and they can use it. There's no more like you have to use it within 15 years or you're no longer able to use it. You can actually use it whenever. And so you hear a lot of times where service members or veterans, they they want to go to school and they start, but then something happens with their family or they get a job and they start pursuing that area within, you know, their career. And they get to a certain point and they realize, oh, I can't go any further in my career or things at my at home have calmed down. Um, I'm not so stressed about X, Y, and Z. I want to go back to school. And what we had found was a number of veterans would try to go back, and by then their GI Bill benefits had already expired. Uh, The elimination of the delimiting date literally makes it a forever GI Bill and allows them to go back when it's it's appropriate for them um, to do so. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest things to to highlight through it all. Another really great um, piece of forever GI Bill is the fact that it allows yellow ribbon for Fry Scholars. Yellow ribbon is a program that I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, beneficiaries of GI Bill aren't aware of. And what that does is schools, it kind of tops off what uh, is offered in the GI Bill. So say it, an, a student wants to go to a private nonprofit school or a private school and, and not all of their um, education is going to be covered with the GI Bill. Um, schools and VA actually can do a, a joint memorandum of understanding where they say a school will say, we're going to give extra $5,000 towards their education, like a scholarship, and then VA matches that. And so that can also cut the cost of, of pursuing an education at like a private nonprofit school. And so what, um, uh, what this bill has done is it's opened that up to Fry Scholars. And Fry Scholars are, fam- are um, the, the dependents and family members of the uh, dependents and spouses of, of the fallen. And, and so it gives GI Bill benefits to them and allows the, ki- the children and the spouses to be able to go to school on, on the Fry Scholarship. And so the, G- the addition of the yellow ribbon significantly expands, is, expands um, 
access to to some really great schools for Fry Scholars. Um, another area that I think stood out to to us was the opportunity to um, include um, Purple Hearts. Those who've earned their Purple Heart, they don't or who've been given a Purple Heart, they don't actually have to have been serving the whole four years. They're going to be eligible for 100% GI Bill benefits. So those are some of the key pieces on top of the reinstatement of GI Bill benefits for students at ITT Tech and Corinthian. Yeah, that, that, that's so important, uh, Tanya. You know, there's so many areas in here as I look at your website that we could be talking about for days, but time doesn't mm-hmm. afford us to do this. But, Tyson, there's an area that uh, uh, that you're involved in with the uh, upgrading of uh, discharges uh, once uh, our men and women uh, return to civilian status and they find that, uh, you know, uh, the uh, discharge that they have, especially if it's a, a general or other than honorable conditions, it, it creates a problem. Now, specifically, one of the things in the areas uh, that uh, is, uh, I've come across, and it's when, uh, when a person is released from active duty and on a DD-214, you know, it's, it's uh, that the area that it's called uh, the transfer or discharge data, and there's an area there that deals with the SPN codes. Uh, I've done some research, and I think I've got a list of all of the SPN school, uh, 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 codes, and that is an area where I think a, a lot of uh, a concern is where um, a person leaving active duty uh, really don't understand uh, what those codes are about, and they find themselves uh, being denied employment or other kinds of uh, things that they were looking forward to. Talk a little bit about that in the process of, uh, of upgrading discharges. Sure. No, this is an issue that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, as a combat veteran who returned home uh, 20 years old with PTSD and TBI that was uh, supposed to be screened, uh, but was not. I came home and I self-medicated once on leave while I was drunk with my fellow Marine friends, uh, interrogated when I returned back to base like a terrorist about whether or not I'd self-medicated. And I learned out the hard way uh, that the Marine Corps and the other branches included are very quick to turn their backs on those who serve. And so right now our discharge process is a complete uh, complete abomination. It's violating the rights of specifically of those who serve on the front lines uh, with undiagnosed PTSD and TBI. They return home, uh, and because they are not offered support, run into what is known as minor misconduct. So that can be anything from because of their PTSD, they're unable to sleep. And so multiple times they wake up late, have to hurry to formation, they haven't shaved, they're late, and then they're forced out with what is known as bad paper. Bad paper instantly strips a veteran of their GI Bill and other state and federal benefits, and it's absolutely disgraceful that those who volunteer to serve are then branded for life with this scarlet letter. And I'd like to say to any service member or veteran out there, if you think that you really support the man and the woman on the left and the right, 
you need to take a hard look at how you're treating uh, your troops within your command, especially officers, especially staff uh, enlisted uh, service members that, you know, if you're taking chevrons and you're not looking at what is causing this individual pain, you're the disgrace, not the person who is injured because of their service. Uh, earlier this year, I filed a class action lawsuit against the Department of Navy, which includes the Marine Corps, because of their illegal behavior. And not only have close to 300,000 post-9-11 veterans been thrown out like garbage, similar to the situation after Vietnam, uh, but then when they go to the discharge review boards and say, hey, I deserve an honorable discharge. I have been diagnosed with PTSD after I was kicked out. And the discharge review boards are ignoring the law. So we have a huge problem on our hands. It was discussed earlier in the show that we have a suicide epidemic in this country when it comes to not only our population, but specifically veterans. And you need to consider that a bad paper veteran who serves in combat comes home with undiagnosed PTSD is thrown out like garbage and is then denied VA access and is totally disenfranchised from their military family, I think we need to take a hard look at how we're treating those who serve on the front lines. And again, that's going to be up to those who serve now and in the future to start thinking about what, you know, in the Marine Corps we say, leave no Marine behind, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Well, when you turn, on, turn your back on a veteran who is hurting, that's the equivalent of leaving a wounded fellow on the battlefield. So we've got our work cut out for us. Uh, with me specifically, I've taken the issue to the courts because I am an attorney. I know the law, and I went to law school just to be able to articulate what had been done to me all those years ago. And then I come to find out that hundreds of thousands have also faced this disgraceful stain on our nation, and that is the abysmal treatment of those who serve on the front lines. So I would say to any bad paper veteran out there, uh, there is hope, and keep your ear to the ground because we're fighting back. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, 
sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tanya Tyson, with the Veterans Education Success Organization. Uh, Tyson, uh, getting back to this, we're, you're aware, I, I, you have to be, I know that, you're aware of the, the secret codes. And have you have been successful as far as uh, uh, changing some of those for the veterans? Well, um, what we have had success in is a couple of years ago, the first enlisted Secretary of Defense, Chuck Hagel, recognized a problem that I guess only an enlisted guy could have empathy for, and that is troops injured uh, with PTSD and TBI. And he wrote what is now known as the Hagel Memo, which directed the review boards, discharge review boards, to take in consideration these types of injuries. Uh, that was later codified and made law by Congress. We had provisions uh, in, inserted into the National Defense Authorization Act in 16 and 17, which uh, that bill was called Fairness for Veterans. But I will tell you, if we had success, if veterans uh, were applying and the boards were following the law, there would have been no need for me to file this class action lawsuit. And so I will tell you that right now, not only are certain components of the military actively violating the constitutional and statutory rights of service members, but when they are then violated and thrown to the streets, when they go to the administrative boards, those boards are also ignoring the law and violating the rights of the veteran. So we have our work cut out for us, and uh, the, the good thing is, however, the Hegel Memo, the Fairness for Veterans Act, these are things that Vietnam veterans did not have the benefit of. And certainly when I was forced out right before the end of my four-year enlistment was up in 2003, we didn't think that was possible. So we're moving in the right direction. And what we really need is veterans who have been affected to stand up and speak out and perhaps more importantly, honorably discharge veterans to stand up for their brothers and sisters and to not leave them hanging to fight this battle on their own. That's what we need, and that's what it's going to take. That's right. Exactly. Now, I see you also partner with a lot of the other VSOs. Have, have they been um, uh, aware of everything that's going on? Absolutely. You know, uh, I would say, most notably, Vietnam veterans of America have always been on the leading edge of standing up for service members, certainly within the last decades. Our partners at VFW, my friend John Tolls, him and Carlos and the whole team over there, Legion, 
IAVA, even SVA. These are issues that are known to VSOs in the VSO community. Um, and so it's, it, there is reason to be optimistic that, you know, we're starting to understand what PTSD is all about. We're starting to understand that issues don't always manifest themselves right away, sometimes months, years, or even decades down the road. And just because a veteran or service member is not able to deal with the rigors and the stress of combat until the rest of their life without any incidents, that is no reason for us to turn our backs on those who now, all of them, volunteer to serve, less than 1% of the population. So how fair is it to send them home with the scarlet letter, worse off than those who took a different route? I would say uh, not fair at all. So we're making progress. VSOs to affect this issue for sure. That's great. Now, I, I think that really fast, if I can jump in really fast sure. on the VSO piece, one of the ben- one of the really cool things that happened with Forever GI Bill were was the fact that uh, the VSO community really united and and worked hard to get um, a large piece of legislation passed that that made a significant impact on service members and veterans. Then you look at the Mission Act, and again, the, the VSOs united and, and really, you know, came together as a united front to help uh, move that forward. And one of the things that I've found in the last two years is how um, much we as a VSO community have really leaned on each other and worked together. We don't always see eye to eye on certain things, but we work hard um, to have a united front on as many po- issues as possible because we feel like we're sh- together. Um, and it's, it's and Tyson's just showing you know an- another example of that. All right. Now, we only do have a couple minutes left. It was a pleasure having both of you on the show, and I'd like to have you back as things progress. And um, uh, can we have your contact? We'll start with Tanya and your contact information and website again. Sure. So our website is veteranseducationsuccess.org. It's fairly long. <laughs> um, and the, and um, then my email address, Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at veteranseducationsuccess.org. All right. Tyson? And mine is the same. Uh, my name is spelled Tyson, like the chicken or the boxer. Take your pick. Um, but Tyson at Veterans Education Success. Before we leave, I would like to alert everyone that is listening. Uh, later this year, there will be a documentary that's coming out. It's called Fail State. Uh, written, directed, and produced by my friend Alex Shebeno. Uh, just an extraordinary piece that sheds light on a lot of the things that we've talked about today. And so I would encourage every service member and veteran who is going to use their benefits to watch Fail State. And I guarantee with the veterans that are highlighted in the film, uh, they will be able to make better decisions to use their benefits and advance their career. So Fail State, the documentary. All right. 
Tanya and, and uh, uh, Tyson, I want to thank you again. And uh, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7. And you can hear all our archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thing.